Welcome to another round of the Football Fridays in Georgia podcast here at Georgia Public Broadcasting. Thanks for accessing us however you do so, large device or small. It is the off-season for playing games. It is never the off-season when it comes to high school football here in the state of Georgia. John here, Hannah there. Hi. Hey, we're back. Happy 2021, everybody. First podcast of the year. What is up? I know you had some... You See, now Hannah comes in with a rundown. I come in, it's like, <laughs> I, I, I just say, okay, here's the guest. And Sean Powers, our irreplaceable producer, uh, tell him who the guest is and how we're going to access the guest from parts unknown. Here's the guest. I come in and you see all the notes that I have here, Hannah. I mean, Hannah sees all the notes that I have and they're non-existent. AKA the empty desk in front of you. Hannah comes in with a rundown. We all can't work like you, John. I cannot keep everything in my brain. (laughs) Like you do. So I have a rundown for us today, guys. So what's the rundown on Hannah's on Hannah's laptop, which is actually in front of her? All right. Here are topics. Sure. We need an update on the beast first. Oh, you had to go there. I know. It's going to get dark. We're going to talk coaching carousel, all the vacancies that have been filled, some of the mix up, some coaches retiring, coaches resigning. There's a lot to unpack there with John. Yes. We are going to give you an update on what's happening in Valdosta without getting into the drama. And, yeah, the the biggest thing that we'll say here is that, yes, we know that there's a lot going on in Valdosta involving the Valdosta High School football program. We're keeping an eye on it. And when there is stuff to report, Mm -hmm. we will report it on all of our platforms. But uh, we're just going to, to give you the facts in the situation and we'll go from there. So there's your Valdosta update. We are going to give you all of the schedules have been released for the upcoming season by the GHSA. Our guest today is brand new Camden County head coach. Well, not brand well, new. Brand new. Well, it's, He's it's, back. It's 2.0. 2.0. Jeff Heron is on the podcast today with us. And at the end, we will wrap it up by telling you what's to come on our networks. We've got some shows coming back. We've got our schedule planned. So we've got a jam-packed podcast today, John. But first and foremost, let's rip the Band-Aid off. Yeah, yeah, thank you. The Beast died, everybody. R.I.P. What was the final mileage on her? 357.235, I think. Wow. 1997 Toyota Camry. And for those that follow me on all the social media, whether it's on Facebook or Twitter or the Gram or the IG or whatever the kids call it, after 24 years, the Toyota Mm. Camry is no more. And so I now have... A newer uh, Nissan Murano, which is also having problems. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and that's another that's another podcast in and of itself. Oh, it's man. like well, this is what happens when you buy a car as is and you don't buy it with a warranty, and then you know the you take it to your mechanic, mm-hmm. and it's like the guy that I implicitly trust, and the first words out of his mouth were less than optimistic, and I'm like, okay, great, thanks. So uh, those have been repaired. We still have some other things to do, but. It is a larger automobile than the one we had before, and it is a lot cleaner, and I'm actually allowing my wife to sit in the car. Wow. You, like, don't have to put a towel down on no, the seat? No, don't have to put a towel down in the seat <laughs> or anything like that. No, it's like she actually gets more use out of it than I do, and, that's, and that's, that's the way it should be. Our last podcast, you couldn't make it because the beast broke down, so 
we ended there. Yeah, so we had to give everybody remotely. an update. I, yeah, I, we had to do it remotely with me anyway. Mm-hmm. And that's how we're, we caught up with Jeff because he's up at Tennessee Tech and, and Cookville. But, yeah, I had to do it remotely last time out because it got to the point to where the oil line was shot. I mean, mm-hmm. there's just no way around it. And it was making massive, just massive leaks and stains on concrete and driveways and roads. And it couldn't go a half a mile, really, without starting to smoke out from underneath the hood. It was time. It was time. It was time. And the last time that I drove it, it actually started to send smoke back into the cabin. Oh. Of the car itself, and I'm Not like, safe. yeah, it's time to go. And we so. we need you. We need you here for the season. We do not need you inhaling any carbon monoxide. Well, uh, the windows were rolled down, but the, the one of the cars I had before the Beast, mm-hmm. by the way, uh, actually did go auto flambe on the connector southbound in traffic. <laughs> So I, it, you know, having cars oh, with John. smoke and fire is something that's been a part of my DNA in driving ever since I was uh, eligible to drive. Speaking of smoke and fire, yes, let's get into the oh, listen to coaching you with, listen carousel. To you with the transitional elements. Okay, that was great. Yeah. All right, just to name a few, Paul Standard went to the mountains, yep. left St. Pius. Yep. Brian Lamar went to South Gwinnett. Tift has a new coach from Michigan. Yep. Bob Spire resigned. Mm-hmm. That's why we have Jeff Heron on to yep. talk about heading back to Camden County from right. Tennessee. Yep. John Ford to South Effingham. Yep. Ron Gartrell retires after 33 seasons. That is correct. Hit me with hit me with well, them. Well, I mean, just you give know, us the updates. Well, you know, you look at DeKalb County, the exodus out of DeKalb with Paul mm-hmm. Standard leaving Pius, Brian Lamar going to South Gwinnett. Mm-hmm. You've got Ron Gartrell retiring. You've got Miguel Patrick leaving Cedar uh, Cedar Grove and going to Crisp. I mean, just the exodus out of DeKalb is something that really is probably going to be one of the storylines that we're looking at coming into the the 2021 season. And Joey King to Carrollton, we haven't had a chance to talk about Joey coming back from the college ranks and going to to his uh, to his alma mater. And I think that one's going to be one of the big hires, definitely, of the offseason. And he's bringing in a great staff. And Jeff Heron at Camden's bringing in some folks who are veterans of the Georgia high school football game. John Lindsay, I think, is going to be a part of his staff now, too, with some of the other names that are there. So a lot of coaching carousel happen. Usually it comes out to about 18 or 20 percent, somewhere mm-hmm. in the neighborhood of 80 jobs uh, in a GHSA of 400, usually in a, on a year-by-year basis. But, you know, Tim... Uh, you know, we had uh, Tim Barron leaving Heard County go to Villarica. That was one of the early ones. And yeah. so there are a lot that are there. Uh, and uh, oh, what was the other one that popped into my head? Oh, Tim McFarland left Blessed Trinity. Oh, yeah. Duh. And so that's another one as well. A so, big one. And so those are just a lot of the big names that shuffled. And a lot of the big jobs got shuffled around this time, too. And obviously, as we get closer to the season, we'll have more and more uh, names to talk about, but those are just some of the big names and a lot of the big places that happen here so far in the off season. Why such a big shakeup in DeKalb County in particular? I don't, I don't know. I mean, it's just you know, if someone's going to come knocking on your door because of the success rate that you've had, mm-hmm. you know, and, and Coach Standard had been at St. Pius for a very long time, mm-hmm. and so you're you're getting to that point to where you know you'd like to perhaps be closer to family or things like that, or go to the go to the mountains in this case. Uh, you know, for uh, Brian Lamar, when a Gwinnett County school comes and knocks on your door, I mean, it's something that you have to seriously consider. Uh, Coach Gartrell had been uh, been at Shamrock and had been at, at Stevenson. And so uh, a variety of reasons that come across the, the bow for these coaches. But, you know, when uh, folks come knocking on your door, you have to listen. 
Does John Ford just keep his bags packed at all times? Well, I mean, he was at, he was at Bleckley, and this is what we're going to try to do over the We're going to do one of these a month, mm-hmm. and we're going to try to catch up with some of the, the newer places with uh, familiar faces mm-hmm. as we go here in, in, the, in the spring and the summer as we get you ready for 2021. But uh, Coach Ford was at Bleckley. And he was uh, an assistant for Vaughn Lasseter for the last handful of years. And when we caught up with him when we were doing Southern Swing, when he first was was in Cochrane, it was uh, for him to get a change of pace, you know, yeah. just to, to kind of get away from the city of Atlanta and just kind of get a change of pace and, and be an assistant and help out Vaughn Lasseter with uh, the big uh, with the offensive lineman. Amarius Mims. Big Mims. <laughs> See, we have to do it that way. It's a, when Amar- I'm not going to miss that. No. And neither is anybody else listening. Everybody's going to miss Big Mims. But uh, now that he's heading to Athens. But now that uh, that John is in, in Effingham County now mm-hmm. at South Effingham, you know, once again, it's a, another place where he can build a program and try to, to get them back on track and get them back in the playoffs. I want to give Ron Gartrell a little love. So 33 seasons as head coach. Amazing stuff. 243 football victories, which ranks second all-time in DeKalb County. He had a pretty incredible run. Mm -hmm. Was it just time to retire? Well, you know, I think that when you're looking at at coaches who've been head coaches for 20-plus years Mm -hmm. and you've been coaches for 30, you know, obviously the grind gets to you at some point. And, you know, if that was the case for, for Coach Gartrell, then it's completely understandable considering he built Stevenson from scratch mm-hmm. and built Stevenson into a program where, I mean, they were ahead of the curve when it came to college recruiting. And they had folks who were dedicated to making sure that a lot of the, the student athletes that were there at Stevenson got looks from colleges. And so, I mean, that was in their heyday. You're seeing two dozen kids on National Signing Day getting college offers and things like that. And so what Coach Gartrell did with Stevenson was ahead of the curve in a lot of aspects of it. And, you know, it's, it's a grind to, to try to be continually successful as Stevenson was the way that they were in DeKalb County. Tiff's new head coach from Michi- Michigan? Yeah, he retired from there, and I think he had family in South Georgia. And so that's why nice. he was naturally attracted to a job like that. But you're stepping into that hornet's nest of 17A. Yes, and coming from Michigan, well, sir. Yeah, and welcome so, to Georgia. Yeah, and so it'll be it'll be interesting to see the, the adjustment period mm-hmm. that, that happens there with Tift. And so you have a new coach at Tift. You have uh, a couple-of-year head coach in Justin Rogers, couple-of-year head coach mm-hmm. in Jamie Dubos, and a new head coach at, who's an old head coach from Camden. So it's going to be an interesting dichotomy this year in 17A. We already talked about Bob Spire. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's taking a position in High, to, yep, Highlands, Highlands, Highlands High Kentucky, in yep. Kentucky. That's yep. interesting. I did not think he would leave the state. Well, but once again, for him, it's going home. Yeah. And so it gives him an opportunity yeah, to, right, to go back right. and go home mm-hmm. and coach back there. And so you understand that pull sometimes. And, you know, we got into that in the interview with Jeff here yeah, in a little bit. we did. Any any other notes on coaching carousel before we move along? Well, there's a lot, and obviously we'll keep you posted on all of them as we go. And so, since we're talking carousel, we'll it, keep we'll keep that a rundown topic. Yeah, no doubt, it's going to be a topic to to see how everything evolves going forward. But since we're on carousel, why don't mm-hmm. we go ahead and catch up with Jeff Heron? Let's do it. Who was on campus at Tennessee Tech with his other job? So the guy's got two jobs right now, balancing them both at Tennessee Tech, getting ready for an opponent and his job at Tennessee Tech. So he was calling us from his cell phone in Cookville, Tennessee, as uh, he had finished uh, hopefully cramming for his next test, or at least started cramming for his next test against Murray State. Here's me and Hannah with Coach Heron. 
So your current title is assistant coach at Tennessee Tech. This is going to be a big switch to high school football. What are you most looking forward to? <laughs> well, you know, uh, at least and I've been there before. So, uh, you know, maybe it's not as big a switch, I guess. But, uh, you know, I'm certainly more familiar with the high school game than I am the, the college stuff. Uh, but this has been a good good year and a half now, I guess, and I've really enjoyed it here. Uh, but, uh, you know, I'm, I'm looking forward to getting back to, to what I know. And I know that coaches are always ones who like to learn about whether it's about themselves or about coaching itself or the industry or whatever. In your time up there at Tennessee Tech, what have you been able to learn as a coach that you might not have known before or that you adjusted to now? Certainly a lot of things. It really has been a learning experience for me. And, you know, you, as a coach, I think that's one of the neatest things is you can always learn something every year. And I feel like I always have. But being able to see things uh, from the college perspective in, in terms of recruiting, I'll, I would probably start with that. And, you know, how it actually really works at this level, uh, you know, I learned a lot of things that I didn't know as a high school coach. And uh, the other part of that, uh, I spent most of the time here on the offensive side of the ball. And, uh, you know, we, we have a really good offensive staff. And uh, I was able to learn more uh, about, you know, the passing game. I was able to learn more about, you know, spread offenses and things like that. And now recently I've been on the defensive side. And, uh, you know, I've certainly learned a lot from those guys as well. What's the biggest difference aside from recruiting? Well, it depends on what part of the state you're in, but we won't won't get into that. (laughs) Um, What's the biggest part, the biggest difference of college coaching and high school coaching? Well, you know, there's a bunch. Um, you know, one in, in college, you don't deal with parents. Uh, I'll say that. You know, you nice. They, we expect the young men to be old enough and mature enough that you know anything that comes up, we expect them to handle it. So, uh, you know, talking to parents and, and families is not uh, is not like it is in high school. Um, you know, we're not with them uh, typically in class every day, that sort of thing, but. Uh, you know, we're dealing with a more mature kid, and, you know, they're all, uh, you know, they were all smart enough to get into college. Mm-hmm. And so I think the pace that you can go at, the um, the pace that you can install things, uh, the pace that they're expected to pick things up is, is much greater at this level, just like I'm sure it would be even, you know, greater than this if you were at the NFL. So, um, because I think the maturity aspect of it that you're dealing with, you, you can certainly coach them a different way. When it came to going back to Camden, I mean, how far back did the, the, the discussions go? What was the process here and how much thought went into it from both uh, your family side and from the Camden side? How far back are we talking here? Well, um, honestly, I mean, it, it started, I guess, uh, the, the day that Coach Byer announced he was going to uh, leave. Um, you know, I got a call that day from uh, one of the administrators that I, that I know and said, you know, hey, we got an opening. Are you interested? You know, and, and you know, at first I thought, well, they're just joking around about this. And, uh, you know, again, we were content where we were at doing what we were at. But, uh, you know, in the next couple of days after that, you know, I realized that, you know, they weren't joking around about <laughs> yeah. it. And so, you know, we became a little more um, – interested in, in, you know, uh, my wife and I, we spent a a great deal of time thinking about it, praying about it. 
you know, three of our four kids lived there, John. And uh, you know, Major and Tyson, uh, our two sons, were, were actually on the coaching staff this year, although they were at the middle school. And then Taylor, our daughter, lives right up the road in Brunswick, so a lawyer up there. So, uh, you know, I think that uh, my wife is great. You know, she's always been a great coach's wife. You know her, John. You've talked to her. Well said on International Women's Day, sir. Very good. <laughs> I didn't know that, but, hey, there you go. But, <laughs> You know, she's never, you know, she's always said, you, you tell me what you want to do, you know, I'll be sitting in the front seat ready to go. And But this time, uh, I really felt strongly that this was something she really wanted to do uh, because of the kids and stuff. And, and she has so many friends still down there, as, as I do. So uh, it made a lot of sense to us from a family perspective. And, and quite honestly, you know, I, I enjoyed this job in college, but I missed being a head coach. You've coached all over the Southeast. And before we get too deep into your stats and, and what you've done and at Camden County, just what are you most looking forward to to be being back in Kingsland? I know that you said your your kids went there. Is, is it home to you? You know, will you be seeing familiar faces what are you most looking forward to? Well, I think so. You know, we, we've lived there. I've moved, as you said, I've moved a bunch of times, and we've lived a lot of different places. But when we went to Camden, we were there for 13 years. And so, you know, all four of our kids were in the school system. Uh, three of the four graduated from there. And, you know, Tyson, you know, he certainly felt like he did. Uh, he was there for two years. So, I think our kids and our family feels like that's home more than any place we've ever been. And, uh, you know, so we're looking forward to that. And, um, you know, again, it's, uh, it's a great community. Uh, they love football. They love high school sports in general. And, you know, the passion that, that Camden County has for football, I, I don't know that I've ever been any place where it was greater and uh, the understanding of the importance to to the community. And, and I look forward to that. I look forward to the challenge, uh, you know, of, of trying to get it to where it was once before. Jeff Heron, the incoming head coach at Camden County High, hanging out with us here on the Football Fridays in Georgia podcast here at Georgia Public Broadcasting. John, Hannah, and Jeff hanging out for a little bit longer. And, you know, you mentioned Kingsland, and you were there when – the, the town was going through a really rough time because of one of the industries basically just going away. And to your point, I think that as someone who has seen what sports can do and what football can do when it comes to unifying communities, especially in times that are tough, I think that going back, especially with what we've been through as a country in the last year, it gives you another opportunity to do that. Although the situations are different, you get another chance to to help be that unifier down there in Kingsland second time around. Well, John, I certainly hope so. I mean, you know, back in, in 2001, 2002, when the paper mill was, was struggling and eventually wound up going bankrupt and all those guys lost their jobs and, and, and ladies too, there were so many people that worked there that you know, that was about the time that our football program, in fact, it really was. The, the year that, that it closed was the first time that we made it to the semis. And, you know, I think it was a it was a really good distraction for those people. It gave them something positive to think about uh, instead of, you know, just having to sit there thinking about, gosh, I've lost my job. What am I going to do? You know, at least one night out of the week, they had something positive. And, 
so I think football certainly did help in that time. And, and you know, I, I think he can again. This has been a tough year for everybody. I mean, you know, even though Georgia high school, I was so proud of you guys and, and everything that went on because it was almost normal in Georgia and it really wasn't in a lot of other places, you know, still it wasn't a normal year. And, uh, you know, we're hoping that this year can be more normal. We can have a normal spring, summer, fall, and get things back to where they, where they have been. Yeah, state championships gives something for everybody to rally around. Well, your record is 312 to 54. I don't know what the percentage is, but that's pretty good odds. Five state championships across six different high schools. Three of those were at Camden County. Something else that stood out to me, you only lost 18 games in those 13 seasons with the Wildcats. What's your timeline to get back down there, start working out with the team, and what are your expectations to get back to those winning ways? Well, you know, Hannah, the sad part is I, I remember a whole lot more about those losses. Uh, spoken like a true coach. <laughs> you know, you start talking, you said 18. I can name them just right like that, you know, at Camden. But, uh, you know, uh, right now I'm, I'm finishing uh, finishing my commitment here at Tennessee Tech, which, mm-hmm. you know, was something I told them up front that, you know, it, it's not a normal year. We're actually playing games. We've yep. had two games and, and we're getting ready to play again this week. So I felt like I needed to finish this commitment. Now, I spent last week down there because we had an off week this weekend. Uh, and, you know, there's several guys still on the staff that coached with me. And um, you know, so I, I'm, I'm actually going to have a Zoom meeting with them uh, tomorrow night. And, uh, you know, we're, we're just we're going we're gonna to make it work. You know, I've got uh, a few more weeks to be here. Uh, certainly I'd like to be there, but you know, I want to be here too. And, and I'm torn between that, quite honestly. But, uh, you know, we'll make it work. And you know, I told the principal, you know, well, you the first time I came here, I, I didn't get there till April. So, you know, it, it, <laughs> it's about not right. really, you know, unfamiliar to me. So, um, you know, just trying to do everything I possibly can to, to – honor my commitment at Tennessee Tech, but at the same time, every spare moment I've got, I'm working on something for Camden. And I, I was doing the math while Hannah was asking the question. I think it averages out 312 and 54, I think, is like at an 83% clip. It's like 833. Well, I need to get my calculator out. Yeah, real quick. You, you can check my math, but it's like an 83% clip for winning, like an 833 winning percentage-ish kind of a thing. When it comes to Camden, once again, you're going to be in one of the toughest regions, and I'll say in the country, not just in the state of Georgia, but in the country, because you're going to be there with Tift and with Lowndes and with Colquitt. I mean, as much as things change, it stays the same because it's still the same heavyweights down there in South Georgia, and you're jumping into that those rivalries all over again. Well, it is. It's a great region. Uh, you know, and, and we were, you know, even when we weren't in that region uh, when I was at Camden, some of those years, you know, we would always be playing those teams in the playoffs. Right. And just had some great rivalries. I mean, you know, the games we had with Lowndes over the years when, when Coach McPherson were there were some of the best ever, um, you know, for both teams, uh, both sides, both fan bases. And so, you know, I think it's really neat because, you, know, you can go to a lot of high school games around the metro area, and there won't be many people there. And you know, if it's raining a little bit, people might not show up. But when you get to Tift or Lounge or Colquitt, now you you know it's going to be full. It's going to be crazy. It's going to be a wild atmosphere to play in. And you know, as a competitor, you like that. You want it to be important to everybody. So 
I look forward to that. And, uh, you know, I might not look forward to it when it gets to that region. <laughs> I might change my mind. But, no, I mean, you know, if you come out of that region and get into the playoffs, you know you've got a chance. And, uh, you know, I told our coaches the other day when I met with them, I said, you know, one of the, the first things we've got to figure out how to do is you got to beat uh, you got to beat two of those teams so you can get a home playoff yep. game. Uh, because if you can be at home and you're in southeast Georgia and somebody from Atlanta has to come down there mm-hmm. and make that trip, it gives you a huge advantage. Oh, I did the math to back Hannah up. Sorry. 312 and 54 is an 85% winning percentage. Wow. Eight, 852 winning clip for, for Jeff and his career. So, I mean, that's uh, I got to do math on this show, Hannah. And we got it right. I'm shocked. You were, you were, you were within a plus or minus two to three percent. I'm pretty impressed with that. Well, on on those notes, some people call you, Coach, a legend. What what does that mean to you? And what are some of the highlights of your career so far? Yeah, legend. Well, first of all, I, I'm not a legend, uh, you know. But it, people start saying things like that. It just means you've been coaching a long time. <laughs> means you have an 85 percent winning percentage. Well, I, you know, there's been a lot of highlights, uh, things that I that I really remember. But you know, as you get older, Hannah, you you start realizing that you know the the wins, the losses, or whatever, you know, they come and go. But the, the relationships you make with the guys you coach with, the relationships you make with the kids you coach, you know, those are the things I remember the most. And you know, I, I can remember. Uh, the, the first state championship I ever won. And it was a great feeling that night in Oconee County. We played at home. It, it was so much fun. But I can remember. Well, that, that Browning game. kid at running back. Yeah, that's right. Uh, Larry Munson there. <laughs> but, you know, I remember the next morning uh, that, that you know, I'd, I'd stayed up most of the night. And, and I finally, you know, the coaches were at our house. And it was just really a great evening the end of the morning, but I remember that morning when I kind of first got by myself, it was almost like an empty feeling. It was like, well, okay, you, you, you won it. Now you got to do it again. You know, and so you started thinking about worrying about the next year. And so I realized way back then that, you know, winning state championships and winning games is not really going to be what satisfies you in this business. And, and you know, while I like winning, don't get me wrong. I, I do enjoy <laughs> that part of it. You know, again, I think that, you know, when you hear from a guy that you coached and, you know, he tells you you made a difference in his life, so those are the things that are just, they're priceless. And, um, you know, I don't mean to sound corny or cheesy, but, you know, I, I do, uh, you know, I, I remember guys and I remember players and coaches, uh, honestly, more than I do any win. Well, Coach, looking forward to having you back on this side of the Tennessee-Georgia border. Looking forward to having you in Region 17A down there with Camden County. Looking forward to, to seeing you back here in Kingsland when the season starts and when spring football, because as we all know here in the state, there are four seasons. They are not summer, fall, winter, and spring. It is football season. It is spring football. It is National Signing Day. And it is Cruton. Those are the four seasons here in the state of Georgia. Looking forward to having you back at Camden County. We'll be catching up with you soon. Thanks for taking time on a busy week as you get ready for a big OVC battle against Murray State. Jeff, thanks for hanging out. No problem, John. Thank you. Thank you, Hannah. I've enjoyed it, and I'm looking forward to seeing you guys. Great to catch up with Coach Heron. Yes. Like you said, we hope to have all the new faces on each week to introduce them to everybody in the state. So 
welcome back to Georgia and back to Camden County coach, that's going to be exciting to follow. Well, and the fact that when I, I tried to, to rope him in as the guest for this week, mm-hmm. and, you know, he mentioned in the interview that last week he was in Kingsland at Camden County. Literally, I called him on the road, and I guess he was studying on uh, whatever device he was, because he was in the passenger seat. His wife, Inca, was driving them back from Kingsland to uh, to Cookville, Tennessee. And I said, so where are you right now? And he says, no, I'm literally somewhere between Camden and Tennessee Tech. Literally, I'm right in between. So uh, yeah, that was a great impression. Caught him on the road. You could have fooled. <laughs> you could have fooled me completely. Well, thank you, Hannah. So that uh, yeah, was it. Was it's good to catch up with Jeff Heron? Obviously, coming back to Camden County. One of the other things that'll be really interesting. Mm-hmm. He ran Delaware Wing T. Okay. As the offense when he was at Camden the first time, Bob Spire brought in the spread. I wonder if what Coach Heron has, is learning at Tennessee Tech is going to be – is it going to be the spread that he's learning at Tennessee Tech that Bob Spire tried to integrate with Camden, or are they going to go back to uh, the offense that they had, or is it going to be somewhere in between, like a hybrid like a hybrid spread wing, with wing T stuff? I think that's going to be one of the more interesting things in the offseason is what's the offense they're going to trot out. It's got to at least be a hybrid because offenses are spreading it out these days, and you've got to kind of keep up with – with the evolution of football offenses. So I think there's got to be some sort of hybrid there, right? Yeah, and I can't wait to see what it looks like. What else is on your rundown? Well, I guess. Do they they play Valdosta? Well, I mean, they're, they're going to be in, I don't know what their non-region schedule is. Because okay. remember, since they're in Kingsland, which is basically Jacksonville, they yeah. had to schedule like Jacksonville schools. Mm-hmm. And like Glen Academy and Coffee, I think was was on their schedule last year, plus region play. Mm-hmm. So it's it's going to be interesting to to see what their schedule is when it comes out. Uh, most schedules should be into the GHSA, by the way. So we should be learning in short order who's going to be going where to do what in 2021. With probably some open dates here and there, but that's what coaches text and go on bulletin boards for. Yeah, since you mentioned it, all GHSA football teams had to finalize their schedules and submit them by March 1st. That means the championship dates are also out. So those will be December 9th through 11th, back to our regular scheduled programming, not a COVID year where the season was delayed and the championships were in late December after Christmas. So 9th through 11th, that's exciting. GPB, our first game is set for Friday, September 10th. A week earlier, right, John? Yeah, the week after Labor Day. Yeah, I think we're a couple a week weeks early. This we're year. trying to add some more games to our schedule. Um, our programming, though, will start August twentieth, I believe, with uh, recruiting twenty twenty one and countdown to kickoff. So I think that our our programming programming will start on all of our other platforms in late August with the Football Fridays in Georgia game of the week coming after Labor Day. Yeah, recruiting twenty twenty one is coming back. The yes. show did so well mm-hmm. that we will have that back, and of course. Countdown and kickoff, 5 o'clock on Wednesdays. As we get closer to those dates, we will let you guys know. We will also restart our blogs this month. Yep. So look for that. Okay. Yes. Let's talk Valdosta. Okay. Well, like I said, you know, right now. What are the facts, though? Because there are a lot. There are 62 pages of a deposition. Yes. And you have read all 62 pages twice. Twice. Give us the Cliff Notes. Well, Cliff Notes version is that uh, the, uh, the Rodemaker family has four separate lawsuits right now against the Board of Education in uh, the City Board of Education against uh, the city of Valdosta. And so uh, last week, the board decided in a vote not to settle their lawsuits with the Rodemakers. So those are going forward. 
And in an offshoot of that, uh, there was some uh, news in the deposition of uh, one of the individuals that came out, the head of the touchdown club, and it alluded to some things involving head coach Rush Probst. And so that's where uh, things are being looked at right now. What the future is, we don't know. And that's why we're just like when we, when we see facts come out, we'll let you know what's going on. As things develop, we'll keep you posted on that. But it was an offshoot of a deposition in the lawsuit that started the other conversations in and around Rush Probst. And so that's where we are. So what's next? That's the key. There are some uh, meetings that were held earlier this week, and we'll see what the issues that come out of those votes and all those conversations. And then it, it literally is taking it a step at a time. If it's if they then be, it's now a flow chart. If one thing happens, then you go here. What's the counteraction? Mm-hmm. And it's it's like Newtonian physics comes to, to high school football. It's like each, each action has an equal and opposite reaction. And so that's where we are right now with Newtonian physics and high school football. I, I skimmed the document, did not read. There is some damning evidence. If it turns out to be true. If it turns out to be true. Yes. About yeah, and that's, and that's and that's recruiting. The thing. Yeah. And that's like I said, right now, mm-hmm. that is just in mm-hmm. a deposition. And right now that's... Guilty until... I mean, in, let me back that up. Yes. Innocent until proven guilty. Yes. That's and what I meant so, to say. Right. And so that's where we are right now is that there have been some things that have been, been put out there. And when we know more, obviously, we'll follow along and we're going to follow okay. the story along with everybody else. The anticipation is killing me. Yeah, I know. It's it's uh, it is a lot to digest, and I would what I would do is I would just ask everyone who wants to follow the story, mm-hmm. don't just get your information from one source. No, because there's too much. Get your out information there. from a lot of different places. Mm-hmm. Assimilate all the information, and make sure that you have all of the information as you're going forward, because you know it's. There's a lot to be educated on when it comes to this particular case. Don't just don't just go in one direction when you're trying to get all of your facts. Find out as much as you can from as much of different as many different directions as possible. Thank you, John, for the update. No worries. What else is on your rundown? Is that it? We covered everything. We have for a month. We covered. We we hit all the topics on the on the rundown. So this was a success. Okay. I think we'll keep this layout going. Okay. So then, real John in. Yes. So then, what that means is, we'd like to thank Jeff Heron for being our guest on this month's Football Fridays in Georgia podcast. And, and yes, Sean Powers. Yes, and our irreplaceable Sean Powers. Thank you for everything that you do every single time that we sit here in this studio and we drive you crazy with technology and false out cues and things like that every single time. Uh, it's his last podcast with us. Yeah, and so the irreplaceable Sean Powers. Yes, is always going to be irreplaceable. That's just how mm-hmm. things are. So don't forget to download the Football Fridays in Georgia podcast on all of your favorite social media platforms for and on your favorite podcasting platforms as well. Like, friend, be a part of the conversation uh, with GPB Sports. Don't forget if you haven't liked us on Facebook or Twitter or Instagram or YouTube, any and all those places. Please do so, so you know the instant that we put something out there in the media, that you know that you can get it. So as as Hannah's nodding and she's typing feverishly on some kind of device here, I'm just going to go ahead and say Go ahead and wrap it for us. I will go ahead and wrap it for us. For Jeff Heron, the new head coach at Camden County, who is still currently coaching at Tennessee Tech. For Hannah, for Sean, I'm just John. Play it safe, everybody. We'll see you next time. Bye, guys.